0: You're listening to Words of Life, a message of hope from the Salvation Army.
1: Last week, we spent time talking about the go of the gospel, specifically um, in Luke chapter 10 and in Mark chapter 6, when he's sending people out into all the worlds and into full-time ministry with the point being to invite people back to spread the news of Jesus Christ. So people are like, wait, what? I need to know more. What is this? Who is this? And how can I get more of this? And so today we're gonna be spending some time talking about when we go out, what are we inviting people back to? What is this authentic Christian community? Why is it that God takes them lonely and sets them in families? And what does that mean for the journey that we're on together?
0: Psalm 68, five and six says, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land.
1: You know what I know about that, Ravi? I know about the sun-scorched land, I do. And I've read this scripture a bunch of times because you know it's one of my favorites. But just till we are sitting here right now, I've never really thought through what it means to live in a sun-scorched land, a land where there is no water, a land where there is no food,
0: mm. a land
1: that it's lonely and desolate. And I'm not trying to talk for anybody else, but I know in my life that's what, that's what it was for me before I knew Jesus. And it was a miserable existence like i had lots of stuff i mean i i mean my story wasn't one of living in a cardboard box with a needle in my arm but you don't have to be at that level of humanity to experience loneliness sadness depression to be living in a sun scorched land because right. it's not a physical landscape but it's rather like an internal landscape. It's a spiritual condition. And I know that sun-scorched land. And that's why (laughs) I think sometimes we make this thing of evangelism or sharing the gospel, we figure like we have to somehow magic it up to make it attractive to people because they're not interested. But really the truth is, is that when you are so thirsty, you would do anything for a drop of water and somebody reaches out with that cup of cold water, you take that cup of cold water. You might not understand what it means that it's given in Jesus' name. You just know that, you know what, I was thirsty and you gave me a cup of water.
0: Right, also as we look back on the last couple weeks, we see this theme of invitation.
1: That's right. Whether
0: it's God inviting us into the kingdom or others saying, hey, like I I know where to find, I know the source of this water that quenches your thirst, the source of this bread that when you break it together uh, in the kingdom, uh, you'll never be hungry again. Uh, so we see this idea of invitation, but we also see the idea that that sometimes when you reach out with this invitation, folks aren't sure how to take it. That's you know, true. Yeah, they're they're dying. They're thirsty. They're literally dying of hunger sometimes. But uh, you know, sometimes it's hard for them to receive that.
1: Sure, and I remember that it was that way for me. So even a long, a long period of being in between, where I sort of had one foot in church, doing churchy activities you know, on Sundays, but my other foot you know, live in a whole different wild way the rest of the week, and just living in the in between, not really sure how to fully commit um, to this spiritual life, or even what would that mean for me? Like, who would I become? Um, if I gave my life to Christ. And so I think about how this scripture of God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. Gosh, like it's just this story of divine celebration because When you know what it's like to be lonely and somebody opens the door and welcomes you in, it's just this feeling that this warm feeling that washes over you. When somebody looks you in your face and smiles, when they see, when they choose to ask your name and then they remember it next time they see you, like those things are so, there's so much dignity in that. When God sets the lonely in a family, he um, takes away that sense of isolation, that sun-scorched land, and he even makes those places a place of springs.
0: So we, we get this picture that we're with God in the kingdom, right? In fullness, like Jesus has come. He is here. He's with us to taste and to see that we're going to taste and see the goodness of God in the land of the living, right? But we get that there's also this dominion of darkness. And there's people there that are lost in darkness that don't know about the kingdom. They don't. They haven't met Jesus in fullness yet. And last week, as we talked about the kingdom, we said it started with an invitation. Jesus calls Levi, but Jesus invites him for a meal. Mm-hmm. You know, and we also talked last week about the distractions from the kingdom, that we can be in the kingdom at the source of this water that quenches all thirst, this bread that When people partake of it, they never have to go back to the things that are causing all that darkness again. But we can get so distracted sometimes in the kingdom by our own lives, by all the stuff around us, you know, we're not bringing that invitation to those that are still in darkness.
1: It's true. So Psalm 68 says that God is a father to the fatherless family. He's a defender of widows. You know, um, a widow, uh, if she had a son to stand up on her behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, that was her defender. And so I when I see a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, um, is God in his holy dwelling, I'm like, God is creating family right. at His back at his place, at his house. I love
0: that, that God's creating family. Yes. You know, we say a father to the fatherless. Well, in our culture, we, we talk of a fatherless generation we do. that exists, you know? But if I were to ask myself as one of God's children, how am I being a father to the fatherless this week, today in my life? What's my plan for that?
1: Sure, because the truth is, I mean, you have a dad. I have a dad. I mean, they're both still around. Like we're going to see them at Christmas time. But uh, there are times when we can have a physical father but still feel fatherless. There are ways that the church, the family of God, meets spiritual needs, sometimes deeper than our own family can. And when God sets the lonely in families, he does that because he desires his children to learn to live in community. Because community, as we've already mentioned, is who reminds us who God is, but they also can remind us of who we are in him The times when we've forgotten, the times when we're feeling timid, the times when maybe we've had a lot of setbacks and we're afraid to step out in faith, the family of God around us reminds us of who we were made to be in Christ, and they are the ones that can be that um, springboard that launches us into that next level.
0: Hmm. I love the theme of invitation. And even as we look back, even uh, from the first week when we began having these conversations, uh, we spoke about the story of the Good Samaritan. Yes. We see each other. But then you know, there's a different response depending on where we're at with Jesus, which posture uh, we have.
1: You know what I love about that story is that it's it's a parable, right? It's not an account. It didn't happen. It's a teaching story Jesus used. But I wonder why did that Samaritan stop? Did he stop because he had an experience in his own life where someone met him at that deep need? That he was like, you know what? This could change this person's life forever. or? For me to be authentic to who I am and the work that's been done in my life, I must do this thing. I must reach out in this way. And we also, because it's just a parable, not an account, we don't know how it changed that beaten up guy's life forever. Who did he become after he went home healed and whole? What did he do with his life? And so I think that's why family is so important because not only do they come around us when we need it, but also the work of God in our midst just creates this ministry within us so that when we go out into all the world, we're not just taking stuff. We're not just taking sandwiches and a hot cup of coffee. We're taking the ability to know what it's like to belong and to want everybody in the whole entire world to know what it is to belong. And that invitation can come from me because I'm just a poor beggar that's found bread and I know where to point it back to.
0: Thanks for listening. To hear this week's full episode of Wonderful Words of Life, subscribe to the show on iTunes or visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org.